Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at FilmBustersPod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk. And if busting makes you feel good, you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content. Or shoot over and get some groovy merchandise at society6.com forward slash filmbusters. All right, can we just get on with this now, please? Filmbusters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very beautiful episode of Filmbusters. Have we changed from lovely to beautiful? I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Language, straight away, because we couldn't do yeah. it in the Lego Batman movie last time. No, it's time to go straight in with the swearing. Excellent. What's the rating of this film? Is it like a 15? I it's a 15. Imagine. Yeah. Seems about right. It's allowed it. at least one swear word from me. Anyway, we have just come off from recording our Patreon episode, so um, you can go check that out if you're a Patreon member, because that will be on after you've listened to this, I imagine. Yes. It's a very long one this week, isn't it? Mm. Very good mm. content. We've, we've, we've made up for our lack of content we, last week. We do extended stuff on Malcolm and Marie. People, if you're not a Patreon, you really must sign up to it. Give us much money to keep all the lights on in this big house that we live in together. So all our patrons got that lovely wrap-up of what we've been watching in February and whatnot. And uh, for now, we're, we're, it's, it's more patron content because we are, we are covering a film that was selected by one of our patrons, by two of our patrons, Katie and Oti, today. Yes. From the For Your Reference podcast. From their yes. household. And they've picked a film that you and I had seen before, Paul. Adam, you hadn't seen, is that right? No, I hadn't seen it before. It's one of them cold-blooded films the lobster mm. 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 a very selfish film very bourgeoisie very bourgeoisie i have to say selfish at one point this is the second time <laughs> that yorgos lanthimos is appearing on our our podcast in about six yeah. months indeed yes what do we do killing of a sacred deer when did we do that that was last year i think wasn't it ben was very angry I was going to just say, full disclosure, we have since spoken about that episode and, and said that it's potentially one of our, our worst episodes simply because we just allowed my distaste for it to, like, drop any potential conversation. That normally happens when Ben has strong views on a film. They normally take over everybody else's views on the film. Not at all, mate. Listen, we it's a battlefield when we come to talk about these films. And if you want your uh, side of the story to be heard, you must proffer it. Fight. Yeah. Indeed. History is written by the victor. You can make yourself seem like the good guy. So today, no matter how much one or some of us may hate the movie, we have a full and frank discussion. Whoever is left standing at the end says, this film is shit. Yeah. You never too liked it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to talking about it. There's much to discuss yes. on this bloody thing. And we've had so many fucking people commenting on their views and stance on the film 
The most we've ever had, surely. A lot of people want to hear what we've got to say, I hope. People have fucking opinions on the lobster for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe they just like lobsters. While we're here, should we talk about our other Patreon members that we need to bring light to? Okay, yes. If you if you would like to become a patron, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters and you could join our ranks. We have Katie and Oti from the Four Year Reference Podcast. We do. We have um, Birthday Boy, well, his birthday week boy, Jamie Russell. Uh, we have Nerd Revert from the Nerd Revert household who's been on a bloody Marvel binge for the last few weeks watching all of the Marvel films. While I've been binging De Niro, he's been binging Marvel. I know which one of us is the winner there. <laughs> There's no winner. There's no winner, no. (laughs) In Ben's eyes. (laughs) De Niro was like Thanos when he clicked his fingers. De Niro Niro hit a point in his career where he was like, I'm going to destroy everything. Bang. (laughs) And then he went on to make 20 years worth of shit films. (laughs) That's a very good anecdote. I liked it. Thanks. And lastly, we have Julio from The Contrarians. Yeah, boy. Right, do you want to go straight into the quiz? Are we just going to not hang around? We're just going to go straight into the quiz? Yeah, I feel like we need to get this flow in. Let's keep this energy going. Yeah. That's okay. a good rhyme there. Let's keep this energy going. If someone hasn't listened to this podcast before, we do a quiz every episode. I'm the quiz master. I ask Adam and Ben two questions. If they get it right, they get a point. If they don't get it right, I get the point. Right now, Ben, you're on eight. Adam, you're on nine. I'm on four. Oh, shit, I'm winning. Adam's yeah, still winning. Boy. Well, let's have a look, see what happens. Mm, Shall I go for the first question? Please. Here we go. What animal did John C. Riley's character want to be? A parrot. Well done. Damn, man. Yes. (laughs) It's very fresh in his mind, I'm sure. I watched it yesterday, so uh, it should be. I couldn't remember that. Who was the other? The, the other guy, Ben Wishaw. Who, what did I don't remember what um, he Paddington didn't want to be one be. because he he knew he wanted to be in a relationship. Right. He so he didn't even say if I want to if I'm going to be one. This is what I want to be. No, no. Yeah, Paddington Bear didn't say what he wanted to be a bear. He turned into Paddington. Well, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. That, how ironic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well done. Well done, Adam. You're on ten. You got double digits. I know. First one here. Or do I get a little Beautiful. badge or something for it? You get a RuPaul's Drag Race badge. Do oh, I get a quote? Can nice. you give me? A, can you give us another RuPaul quote? If you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Thanks, boys. The best one is congratulations. I'm sorry, my dear. You are up for elimination. <laughs> Just do it. the rest you of this episode. Just RuPaul's soundboard. Hey, I love it. <laughs> Paul, Shantae, you stay. Adam, sachet away. Aww. I know, sorry. Come on, that's that. Next question, please. Next question. Are you ready? Fingers on voice boxes. Mm, what you got, biatch? The cast member, named Nosebleed Woman's Best Friend, runs out of time finding a partner. Have you got? Are you up to date? Yep. Do you know what's yep. going on at the moment? Yep. Yep. Yeah. On her final day, she is asked what her final thing she would like to do is. What was Watch Stand By Me. Oh my god! <laughs> well done, Adam. I wrote that note down as well, but I yes, I was yeah. I knew, it was I, I knew Ben would get it, so I thought I'm going to have to just <laughs> jump in here and get it. this point because if he finishes the if he finishes the question, Ben will get it. I couldn't get it out of my fucking voice box. 
I was going to say yes. Lost Boys. You were too busy I, knew pushing a, it. I knew it was a bunch of guys, young guys from like the yeah. 80s or 90s. Fantastic. Look at Adam, he's flying. <sighs> Shit. Adam is firing. He's on 11. I can take next week off now, can't I? I can still be in the lead, regardless. Yeah, it's true, you that could. Is, that is how you lose every year, Adam, because you think, <laughs> oh, I can take it off now. I can go on holiday. You have to always be on guard, ready for the questions. I was getting ready to say um, Shetland Pony, because I thought you were going to say, what animal Shetland did she Pony. turn into? So I was getting ready to say that, and then you said the film, and I was like, oh, what was it? I, wouldn't have ta- I would not have taken horse. I would have taken Shetland Pony. Mm. Yeah, she picked Shetland Pony. Mm, mm. And that's she became the Shetland Pony. She did. That's what she wanted. Yes. We are talking spoilers about the film already. That's okay because we are Big about spoiler. to spoil the fuck out of the film. Yes. Spoilers. Shall we go into the main event? Let's discuss the main event. Elizabeth, give the nice man a kiss. He's a friend of mine. The last thing I want right now is a kiss from a silly little girl. Oh. <laughs> Don't cry, Elizabeth. You should thank me. Now you'll have a limp and be more like your father. Okay, everyone. We are talking about the Yorgos Lanthimos film, The Lobster. If you haven't seen this film, we will be spoiling it. So you might want to go watch it beforehand, unless you want to be some person who likes to be spoiled. Which we all are from time to time. Yes. Sometimes we like to be spoiled. Sometimes the film ain't worth watching in the first place. So, of course, you need... Sometimes you've avoided the film for a reason. If it doesn't quite feel like your bag... Then allow us to spoil it for you. And then you might think, oh, actually, I wish I wasn't spoiled. That sounds like a good film. I've done that with some podcasts, though. Have you done that with anyone? I never watch, <laughs> listen to any podcasts I haven't watched because I don't like to be spoiled. Yeah, but sometimes there's films you know you're not going to see, right? But then I, I, if I didn't want to see it, then I wouldn't want to listen to it. <laughs> no, because we like our beloved podcasters telling us about it. Oh, of course. But then, but I think one day I will watch or watch that film. So then I'll listen to it when I watched it. Nah, rubbish. Very different people. You're a horrible person, and I'm decent. <laughs> anyway, Adam, <laughs> you got to do a plot summary. Oh yeah. Um. So this film is about a society where if you're single, you have to find love within a certain amount of days or you get turned into an animal. And to find your love, you get sent to these hotels and yeah, you basically spend your time at the hotel in this weird like almost like Hunger Games set up like where there's like a person in charge of it all and every night you go out and you hunt people who haven't found love in those certain amount of days and if you kill one of them or tranquilize one of them then you get an extra day of trying to find love very detailed fantastic very detailed did you write that down i didn't i did that all off my head i only watched it yesterday that's why i'm smashing the quiz in this bit yeah (laughs) you are indeed Right, Adam, because you did the beautiful plot summary, would you like to say what order you'd like us to do our first impressions? Um, I'm going to go first because I'm the only person who hasn't seen it before. Check it out. Wow. By memory, I think I remember what Paul gives this film, um, but I don't know what Ben gives it. So I'm going to go first, then Ben, and then Paul. Okay. Highly Selassie. So... The only I've seen... What other films have I seen by this man now? So I've seen... I think I've seen all four of his big films. Is it, He's got four big films? The Favourite. Dog the 2. The Favourite I've seen. Dog 2 if I've seen. And Killing of a Killing Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. 
Is there any other, like, I'm talking films, that you, not like short films and stuff? That I think they're the four big ones. Okay. So, yeah, this is the only one of them I hadn't seen. Um, I really like Colin Farrell. I think he's, especially when he's given, like, a role where he can just go with it, he's always brilliant and he's always worth a watch. And it was no different in this film. I very much enjoyed it. Um, there is two distinguished parts of the film. I very much enjoyed the first half of the film more than the second half that intrigued me more um but it's also just intriguing just to see this look on what society can be um that whole kind of almost it's a very black mirror-esque kind of film um but yeah it's very good um i'm not going to say too much now because i feel like the rest of my points need to be opened up into discussion rather than just me saying them but uh yes it's a very good look on it and i'll give this film eight out of ten Wow. 8 out of 10, eh? Look at that. Well, I agree that the first half is better than the second half. The first half has the intrigue, the mystery, the good setup, the exciting yeah. setup, that good idea about people. 45 days to find a mate or turn into an animal. Very good idea. Nice idea. Good concept. You've got Colin Farrell. Good performance, but. The trouble is, and I said this in the Killing of a Sacred Deer episode, Colin Farrell's performance is so robotic and emotionless in Killing of a Sacred Deer, but so is everyone else in the cast. It was horrible and, and unwatchable. But in this film, it made it felt like it made a bit more sense because he was meant to be awkward. He was meant to not quite fit in with society. He struggled to yeah. find a mate so it makes sense that he's a little bit awkward and says things in a peculiar way and I enjoy watching him in this film but every other character pretty much is insufferable because they are that robotic character particularly in the second half once he gets into the wilderness I lose all confidence in in the story and the performances pretty much there's a couple of moments that work okay but it feels like a good setup is squandered with that second half but there's interesting ideas. It's an interesting style. I just wish it had all taken place in that hotel with those initial characters we met rather than the characters that we then have to go on the journey with once we get out into the, to the wilderness. Um, Colin Farrell, very good. There's a good streak of dark humour running through it, but a good idea gives way to just nothing by the end. Um, but I'm going to look forward to discussing it with both of you. And my my feelings on it on this rewatch are exactly the same as the first time I watched it, which is that it's a seven out of ten, and I will never be okay. watching it again after this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I feel Very like good. before Paul goes on, I just want to say like I feel like what you said with the second part is good. It's like I feel like the first part needed to be the like eight percent of the film, and the second half of the film should have been the last twenty minutes to round it off. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a lot more intriguing rather than. Yeah kind of two almost equal parts wasn't it definitely it's like a play where they change the set halfway through and after the interval you come back and you're like oh but i wanted i wanted to keep watching it in that setting now you've Mm -hmm. you've made it here and you've introduced these characters who are quite unlikable not as good yeah anyway paulie anyway sorry paul i thought actually i actually thought you rated it lower than seven so very surprised oh no seven seven okay i'll do my go um you will do your go we all we all know full well about the author Yorgosland Themos and his strange like worlds he creates where everyone's almost have we said it before borderline autistic yeah mm-hmm. that's just how the characters you might are. want to consult with Sia before you say that because she's the authority on that yes she is <laughs> is it were you going to bring it up in this episode I don't know we could do 
I just felt like you were. I thought you spoke about it beforehand. Anyway, um, I personally very much enjoy the uniqueness of it all, like the world he creates, as the films like they stand out from any usual viewing experience. They're very different. But for me, this is his weakest film I've seen. But I'm not saying I dislike it. I just don't take as much away from it as I do with like Dog Two for Killing a Sacred Deer. It, its concept is very fascinating, and I, th- I think it's it's strong. It, as you said, it's stronger than its first half, and before it moves into that forest where it does kind of lose itself a bit. And I think Colin Farrell is still bang on point and absolutely perfect in Lanthimos's worlds. He just like oozes this this odd awkwardness that the film needs and he's perfect for that i enjoy i enjoy how the film plays against the the idea of finding a partner but i think it's it is more the idea of finding a partner when you're in school because <laughs> like how how when we're in school you're like drawn together by the similarities you have like whether it's like music or like social circles and these small ideals that don't necessarily make you compatible as partners but like just good enough at the time mm. it's not it's not like an actual relationship that they build up when you're an adult it's just like shitty little things that draw you yeah. together but, oh, well, that's a very good way to look at it that's a yeah, good way yeah. Of it. but as we have all said the second half it just feels a bit sloppy um it's almost like the regimented style of the first half in the hotel was replaced by like a, like a more chaotic unfocused approach which is kind of i guess could be intentional mm in a way I think it's but, intentional to an extent but I don't think it was intentional the way it mm, played mm. out but it's, as, it's not as good in my opinion as the first half as you say but I do enjoy the ending to an extent uh, but, and I am looking forward to discussing this film and that ending I yes. give it a 7 out of 10 okay Adam likes it the most there we go I thought Adam was going to like it the least really? mm. full of surprises this one he loves the Yorgos film apparently Apparently, I've so. given all an eight so far. Did Apart you? from Dogtooth, I didn't like Dogtooth. I, I gave Dogtooth like a five. So I don't think I think the Yorgos is just not for me, even though I can appreciate some some things because I think I've given all of his films that I've seen. Well, Killing the Sacred Deer got a five, but this got gets a seven. The favorite gets a seven, and I haven't seen Dogtooth. And I think the favorites is his best. I think that's really well done. But in in the favorite, there was none of this like every character acts without emotion. They had personality. The favourite's almost a very mainstream film for him, I feel like. Mm, mm, it's his turn to like, try and put his name on the map and he kind of dialed down his style almost and his touches of the film, like the weirdness he'd put on the film. And kind of, even though it's still not, you feel, you watch it and you know, oh, that's quite a normal film, but compared to actual normal films or normal films in quotations, um, it's not, is it? Mm. It's, I, I agree with that. It's almost like the it's all toned down i think the queen is is the most like her characters but she's more like she's an outspoken character who can just say what she wants rather than because she's someone queen. who's yeah someone who's actually seems like they're autistic mm. Mm. yeah um it's a very very interesting plot shall we address what katie and ot scores are up front yeah yeah yeah, yeah let's get them so ot gives in 8.5 he likes the half ratings, but we allow it. It's fine. We'll allow it for him only. Yes, him only. And us. Katie, are you ready? She gives it a 10 out of 10. No way. Way. Ooh. 10 <laughs> out of big. 10 
How does that get justified, I would like to hear? Hmm. Why is she here not to back herself up, hey? I know. (laughs) Our focus should be, then, if that was the recommendation from our beloved patrons, they very much enjoy the film, Katie loves the film, outright perfect, with a 10 out of 10 score, then our approach in this episode should really be to try and present reasons why we don't think that, right? Or reasons why we could get there. Or re- or, yeah, and and look at why some of it should be a ten. Yeah, why someone could consider it a ten. As we mm-hmm. know, everyone is a unique snowflake, and everyone has their own opinion. All opinions are valid, but not all opinions are right. <laughs> They're like assholes. Yes, <laughs> they are. I do want to say just broadly up front again: the trouble with this, like with killing of a sacred deer, is because I can't connect with the characters because you're dealing with the human condition in this film right you're Mm -hmm. dealing with the human condition and and like life partners uh and love right i find it hard to connect to anyone in a meaningful way because nobody acts human everyone is a psychopath Mm. everyone Mm is a psychopath you said that like in his movies you said it very slowly but i was trying to make sure i picked the right word but they are in as much as none of them act you know you would act a certain way in society and none of them do and it's not because they're like oh i don't care how how i'm acting yorgos is writing characters who don't inhibit inhabit normal human personalities and traits and i find that really isolating when i'm watching his stuff i can't really connect with it I would See, much rather me, as David Lynch. fascinates me more. Like, that well, almost is like, I want to then try and work out what this world is and how do I get into this world and what does this world mean. He's created, it's almost, you aren't watching real life, You have. he's created a world that you're looking into, which I think works especially well in this film because it is a different, it's basically a different way of human civilization. So, for mm. me, that intrigues me more than kind of puts me off. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. well, I, could, I could get that. It's probably like what you're about to say. I think you're about to say it in the David Lynch kind of world. None of his characters speak. Well, what I was going to say is in David Lynch's world, his his characters are not all the same. They're all Some of them are very over-the-top and flamboyant. Some of them are very weird. Some of them are very human, normal, and, and it's the right mix. Whereas in this, everyone is like dead, dead behind the eyes, monotone. Yeah. And because mm. everyone is that way, it takes away from how good Colin Farrell is in that central performance as someone who can't connect with people. If everyone else around him, or like let's say 80% of the people around him acted as how we would describe as normal and there was only a small minority of people who were acting in in that very robotic, hollow way, then his performance would would work. But because he's just surrounded by people who are performing like that, it's like, you're not unique enough then for me. Your your experience isn't isn't special enough. It's not singing enough. You know, when you meet Ben Whishaw's character, okay, he's a bit odd, um, same as Colin Farrell, and then you meet John C. Riley's character, and John C. Riley's character has a bit of life to him. He's one of the few characters in the mm, film who actually yeah. has some life to him, but he's short shrift. And then 
the girl, the young girl that Colin Farrell approaches and asks, asks to dance, she immediately yeah. has that that dead behind the eyes thing as well. And it's like, oh man, I wish you hadn't done that with all of the characters. It would have been the only much other girl more I can think of is the one who's the girl from Extras, the one who's in the Richard Face shows. What's her name? The one who kills herself, throws herself out the window. Yeah, but I mean, even she, she, even she, she had a bit of life about her, but even no, she then, didn't, I don't think. No, it's not she I mean. seemed even a she bit. Didn't. Like I mean, I just immediately saw was the the woman, the girl from Extras, so maybe that was a bit why. But mm. the way she spoke to people was very weird, like the whole bit on the bus. But I feel like she kind of was like she was putting herself out there. She was trying to meet people. She was the one trying to make it happen. Whereas everybody else in the scenario wasn't trying to find love. They were trying to wait for love to get at them. They were almost all heartbroken. They were almost too damaged by being left and being single that they. They didn't want to put themselves back out there in fear of getting hurt again. Don't you think, though, like this concept, we all agreed a concept of the film is a fascinating one. Yeah. Don't you think it would have been much more fascinating if all the humans in it were like, like in a, in a normal Black Mirror episode, human. it's normal people in a crazy circumstance? Because if you were a human in that situation and you've got 45 days to find love, you yeah. wouldn't hang around at all. You go out and try and well, you probably end up trying to shag everything in there, just try and try and connect some way with somebody. No, but mm. that's the interesting thing is they've they've actually got to form try and form a connection, and it's a, and and well, mm. I mean, you could say that you could say if they were all normal people, they would all just go, oh well, we don't want to be turned into animals. But then that sort of does away with the fantastical element of the plot. I think it would have been more interesting if we had human relatable characters. Like imagine John David Washington and Zendaya in this film, as 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 singleton. <laughs> they've got to make their relationship worse. Else they're going to get turned into a dog. I would like to see people arguing and shouting in that situation because they're like, "Look, we've only got three days to go. Three days to go before we get turned into these animals. We've got to make this work." And the other person saying, "Fuck it, I'm not making it work with you." There, that's some interesting discourse. I think the yeah. thing that makes it work is this base level understanding of what a relationship is and that is you need to have something in common and the fact that these people find the most stupid or odd things in common with each other and that means they're in a relationship that is what works and makes it so surreal and odd if it was normal people then it would be a totally different film but that's also the way society that society works it's like you could almost only be in love with them if you connect with a personality trait like a personality trait that distinguishes you like the limp or the nosebleed for example that's the only reason you can love somebody else who has that exact same personality trait. But like, have you ever in since you've been an adult ever been in that sort of situation? You don't want to almost find someone like you. You, want to you find don't exactly. You're right. You push you, you and change you in that manner. Yeah, in my opinion, the anyway. last thing I would want is to find someone like me. If you find someone like yourself, you almost settle. Then you almost sit back into your lifestyle. Well, you drive each other fucking nuts. You. Is what you do. Also, that. See, this is what I mean about it feeling like. Um, the relationship starts from being in like school because you're almost yeah. getting a couple because oh you you're both in the chess club or something mm. oh you you're both in the cool with the cool kids you both listen I mean, you to rock have to music find something in common but that's a common interest not a common nosebleed but you find each other through a commonality yeah rather than just finding each other yeah but really, the re the reason they're doing that is because they're being told by these like authorities in the hotel like whoever runs this hotel says to them like 
you have to basically says you have to pick an animal similar to you essentially wolf and a penguin can't live together you must pick an animal similar to you so it's almost cut as soon as they get into that hotel they're told you have to find people that you have something in common with so the rules are in mm-hmm. place immediately on them you have to find and see see someone else and that that's where all the interesting stuff is all the interesting stuff is happening in that hotel from, from well to be fair let's, uh, i was just thinking about this was just speaking then it's like that was very interesting you see the setup of it but the for me the bit that intrigued me the most i'm going to skip ahead now is the second part of the film when they storm the hotel and they go into the room with olivia coleman and her husband and they almost try and make them prove their love to each other. Like, how much does this person actually mean to you? Are you with them because you're scared of leaving them and then trying to find love again? Mm. And then the fear of getting turned into an old animal because you've hit that age now where you're like, we're not going to find somebody again. Or do you actually love them because you actually do love them still? That was a very interesting point that they almost brushed over really quickly. Well, they didn't brush over it. It was set up and then it kind of happens and then the film just moves on without... I almost feel like reflecting on that part of the film that's the part where the true morality is and they could dive deeper into that part well I would say that there's two schools of thought in this film one is being in a couple is an enforced social constraint and it's okay to be alone and the other is you fucking need someone else to have worth in life you need to find love mm. to have worth in life mm. there's two schools of thought and both are wrong yeah it's somewhere in the middle yeah there's like both sides the hotel is wrong the people in the wilderness are wrong and that that scene you're talking about no one's in the fucking right there obviously because those two olivia coleman and her husband have obviously as you say settled just so that they haven't been turned into an animals but those people from the wilderness are wrong to try and come and and, and exploit it like there are lots of people out there that are that you can clearly see are in couples that just either shouldn't be because they're in a very toxic relationship as we, we will discuss in on patreon if you want to sign up to that like there's <laughs> things like that right there's people like that out there but it's not our business to go all up in their business and say hey you two really shouldn't be a couple it's yeah. not it's not real love who's to say mm-hmm. but yeah he was caught out there i think it goes to say something that um colin farrell and rachel weiss they find each other and it's they. I don't think they they're forced into a relationship. They find each other naturally, yeah. And then by the end, they're like, they want "Don't we need to have well. something in common?" It's like they try. They they mm. they got to that understanding. Like we need to have something in common. That's the that's the thing. But they still love each other, and they still yeah. want to be with each other. And that's the balance. Yeah. But they just didn't understand that they could just be happy like that. Yeah. Totally. But then, I, I mean, it is that's interesting. I didn't think of it in that way, like the reason that he connects with her. I th- I kind of thought it was a case of when he's in the hotel, he's told to find someone and he can't. And then when he's in the wilderness, he's told, you're not meant to find someone and he finds someone. Almost like rebelling against rules that are inf- social... When you're at least looking for Enforcements. Mm. Yeah, but I thought he was meant to basically represent someone who is at odds with society's expectations. Because if society says do one thing he was doing the other whether it, the society was the hotel or the society was the wilderness he went the other way mm-hmm. all right so in terms of um finding a life partner let's go into it if it's not things in common what is it oh it's i feel like it's things in common as well like but not like again like physical things in common like it starts with things in common right that's how it does start yes, it's and true you know, they have that to is connect true with that person in that way 
but yeah, you kind of need to be able to connect and discuss and yeah, yeah. So that's where it's all. You don't basis. connect on the basis of that of that thing you have in common. You connect on a on a fact that you love this person's personality, or maybe some people just love the look of the person. It's not based on a commonality. It's that's the situation where you find the person, not why you love the person. No, of it's course, like but you're talking about you love. Never you're talking about further down the line. I'm talking oh, yeah, about that initial thing. Like you were saying, well, you know, when you're at school, you get with someone because you have a, a, a common thing. You both like pencils or whatever the fuck. But, in, but just in, replace love with like, and it's the same thing. Yeah, but you don't love someone immediately. You don't. But you like someone. Yeah, so, so in, in this respect... They do have to find if they want to find someone, they need to connect on a very superficial level at first, yeah. right? We all do in life, we do if you want to call it superficial, like the things that I don't know your backgrounds, but the things that would have connected you to the people that you then got into relationships with. If you strip it right back, you had an access point where both of you found each other because of a mutual thing, yeah. Whether that was so, film yeah. or music or even like you both fucking picked up the same sandwich and made a comment about it, I don't know. Or even if you just met somebody like at a party, for example, and you started talking to them. The commonality is the party. Well, not the commonality of the party, but you talk to them and then you discuss enough stuff and then there'd be one point where you discuss and then they come back to you at a point and then that is your common interest and that's where you build the foundation of your relationship off that moment, that connection on that subject. Yeah. I think the key is the thing that doesn't work in this film for those people are the fact that they have to fake their commonalities. So Ben Whishaw has to fake the nosebleed. Yeah. Colin Farrell has to fake being a cruel and heartless bastard and faking it to be with someone doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he finds Rachel Weiss out in the wilderness and they both are short-sighted, it's a genuine thing that they have in common which excites them and then gets them in deeper with each other. But if, like, Colin Farrell had to fake that he was short-sighted, they never would have got deep in the first place because it never would have been genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I like what it says about people faking it because people are so fucking terrified to be alone that they will fake uh, their emotions yeah. mainly in a situation and say, I don't really feel this way. I, don't, I would rather be with you and lie about liking something or forgiving something than be alone. That is very true basically assimilate or fucking die is what this film is saying become part of society become a couple or get out of society you're a beast you don't deserve your place okay while we're discussing this film i don't want to jump to the end but shall we discuss the very end go on if you want to you love to go straight Mm. to the end adam because that's (laughs) skip to the end where the, the food for thought almost is in this film. That is where on, your perception of Come the on, film can Come change. On. Set it, Do set you it reckon he put his eyes out or not? Do you reckon he blinded himself? Do you reckon I he really don't it? think it matters. These are the things you shouldn't get bogged in, down on for the the story is what matters. Whether he stabbed his eyes out at the end or not doesn't matter. Yeah, but then it's also to l- listen what he learned. Did he learn to find love in that natural way through somebody like just actually just meeting them and falling in, in love with them that way or liking that person that way without really mattering if you have the common like the actual physical similarities or did he think he had to give into society and then blind himself to fall in love with that person so they could still their love could still be justified by society because they've got the physical same well yeah. what do you think i i would 
like to think no. I would like to think no. They would work better as a couple because this is what the whole film was also learning. It was teaching you like, oh, if you've got two arms, you can do this. That if he has his sight, them as a couple would be stronger because she he could be her eyes and help her out and be that guide dog for almost, for example. Guide dog. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, through life, like... That's had a bit of a relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean. The way... And if they were both be blinded, then they were hindering both of each other as a couple. Yes. Let me let me just break this for you. If you stay to the end of the credits, there's a sound effect of the sea. So he turned into a lobster. Ooh. Or do you think he went to a black screen? Like, so that, that moment, because it cuts to black... And then the credits roll up. There's like a 15, 20 second difference between the black and then the credits. So could it be the whole thing? You're now looking through his eyes almost that he now cannot see. And then the end of the credits is them two just sitting on the beach looking out to the sea because he said he loves the sea and he likes being at the sea. Oh, and he's that's looking, cute. And he's now looking at the sea, but he's actually blind. Looking at the that's sea. A, and you that's get a quite a cute noise. way of looking at Adam. I like that. Cute little Adam. <laughs> yeah. That is an yeah. optimistic way of looking at the film. I don't really um, see how... I, I don't see any development in Colin Farrell's character from the beginning to the end of the film other than he actually finds someone that he maybe connects with. I don't see anything in the film that tells me he's not going to put his eyes out. That very last scene would see what he learns. No, he's, he's just naturally struggling struggling against stabbing his eyes out as any human being would do, yeah. but not because, yeah, not but to me... Yeah, but you got the thought moment behind it. It could be... You could go back to and say, I will keep my eyes. We are will we can work together as a team and everything. And do you feel like it set do you feel like the film set you up, set it up for that to be the reading though? I don't believe that he there was any Not growth shown by his character to, to do that. No. I just saw him as a desperate man who just really wanted to get into a relationship. Yeah, so did I. Mm. And it was being like this is how desperate people are not to be alone. Yeah. Whether he yeah. whether he's gonna lie about it whether he could try and be himself or whether he stabs his eyes out he wants that relationship yeah again the compromises that people are willing to do to not be alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but he was so strict actually in many ways he wasn't willing to lie he was like in order for me to be together I have to mutilate myself mm. well he tried doing the emotional side and that killed him yes was a woman who didn't love him who wouldn't know love and no enjoyment exactly it was like, would you just, be, would you stay alive and not be happy? And it's all it big picture. The whole, the whole fucking film, right? While it has these great ideas and ideas that I really like to think about and discuss, the experience is not a good one. It is a, a bizarre concept with bizarre characters in a bizarre setting, and it that doesn't work. One of those things has to feel normal for the other thing to to work are you enjoying talking about it more than watching it now i'm enjoying talking talking about it more but i'm not hearing i'm, I'm not hearing anything that's making me no hit, jump up jump up no yeah okay i don't I, it is it is quite a depressing film yeah it is yeah i mean yeah it's not a it's a depressing look at relationship and love rather than yeah optimism at the end like oh they found love you're still depressing like okay whether or not he he stabbed his eyes out or walked away. That's depressing. <laughs> that he has to do even. I wasn't. Things. I wasn't saying he stabbed his eyes out or walked away. He could have then gone back to her and said, "We got stronger if we don't do this." <laughs> he's we not. He's need. not that kind of person. No, he's back. not. Is he? <laughs> he, ha- no. he has no emotional intelligence to even say that. He could have had a whole character arc happen in those two seconds of cinema. Like you're not actually seeing. 
than he did in the whole two hours of the film that you did see. See, this is the thing. He, I can't, couldn't care. Like, Adam, you obviously are seeing it, right? But I can't, because his acting and style of acting in the whole film, all the characters are so cold, I can't see how they can have human emotional thought to get to the point where he where he says actually I don't need to stab my eyes out because we can love despite that mm, if you'd shown me that. his character was a bit more human then maybe I could believe that but that's why I don't that's why I didn't like the film I need my characters to be human even with not yeah. to mention it again but with Malcolm and Marie even if the characters are absolute assholes and terrible people at least I can say but that's that feels real I can relate to it because it's real it feels authentic they're real assholes yeah I just see him as never getting past the fact that he needs to have some kind of really small connection with the person he's with to be with them. And it never changed through the whole of the film. He he needed that connection. Right from the off, them. when his wife breaks up with him or his girlfriend breaks up with him, he's going, does he wear contact lenses? Because <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to know what the connection is. You're so perfect. It, the connection's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> that strong connection with your eyesight yeah <laughs> everything with the eyesight with him <laughs> but it is funny even though it's depressing there are funny moments in it as well like that even like so, yes. some things that were bizarre works like when he turns up to the hotel and he's checking in and he's talking and she asks are you heterosexual or not and he's like uh, no heterosexual oh but I had I did have a gay encounter in college so could you put bisexual and she's like no one or the other. We we, we had a, <laughs> like, a problem in the summer. He ponders it. Yeah. He goes, do you want to be homosexual? Yeah. He thinks about it. No, I think I'll be heterosexual. <laughs> because that's the that's the desperate need, because he wants to have a partner, whether it's a man or a, or, or a woman. Yeah. It need, He needs someone. It's like, wh- where am I more likely to find companionship in men or women yeah. now over these next 45 days? Exactly. And the only true friendship he built up was with the guys. Was with Ben Whishaw and John C. Riley. I feel like, almost. Yeah, John C. Riley was a nice... I felt most for him. He wasn't faking. He was actually being his real self, those two. Well, John C. Riley was being his real self so yeah. so much that he got punished for masturbating. Yeah. He with did? Hand in a toaster. But I felt really sorry for him because he's actually showing human emotion and, 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 yeah. and humanity in that situation rather than mm. being this fucking... Can't and being honest about it as well. Yeah. He did feel like the most down-to-earth actual normal human, human person yeah 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 like it could be him just playing himself like playing the kind of character he plays in any other film he was just he was a relatable so i was the first time i ever saw him was in step brothers like well realized who he was that's who i know him from and then to see him i always thought he's like will ferrell and like that whole just comedy actor and then you see him go off to do these proper roles like and developers like and well, be an actual actor like in boogie nights and all those kind of films and like Many Paul Thomas Anderson films, but I don't know why. I always find it really weird sometimes when I see him acting like not stupid. I prefer it. You don't like Step Brothers, do you? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't even know why you brought it up. (laughs) John C. Riley. (laughs) Another funny bit in this film, it's kind of sadistically funny, is where he's trying, he's lying to get with the the woman who's who's has no emotion. Even though for some reason hot nobody tub. had any emotion with it, why he's in the hot tub, and he just lets her choke, and he like just tries not to look at. I yeah, <laughs> I didn't get it at first. I didn't understand why he was doing that, and then I was like, okay, it's to show that you are yes. cruel, right? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And before that, when when the woman jumps out the window and and she's dying and and like just screaming there while she's dying on the concrete, 
And then he says, I hope they deal with that. I don't want some silly woman screaming and dying outside my window while I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. It's quite funny. But then he goes and kills the dog. I mean, she goes and kills the dog. I uh, bet you didn't like When that order. happened, I thought, I bet Paul hates that scene. Out of order. And it's, and it's a border collie. It is. Oh, poor Memphis. <laughs> How yeah. could you do that? If that had been a cat, right, if they'd done that with a cat, I would have said they've gone too far because that wouldn't have been mm. right to see. But rightly or wrongly, they didn't show you it was a cat. Dog. They didn't show him the dog. They showed the dog smashed up, mate. When? Adam was w- looking at his I phone. Adam all didn't the blood. I saw all the blood on the, her leg. They showed the, the dog, dog, mate. They dead. showed the dog. I did not remember that at all. Yeah. You would have rated this film down, mate. Yeah. I probably would have done, yeah. And I thought, what a bitch when that happened. Yeah. It's when he go he goes into the bathroom, he's it's the dog's in the bathroom and he's like trying to hold it himself like keep himself together. Oh when he goes to wash his face. Yeah. Oh I Don't act like you saw well, yeah, the dog Adam's now acting like he suddenly didn't. saw no, it. Now. Why would that well, prompt I mean I might have seen it in the corner <laughs> of the screen. Like, well, yeah. On the quarter of the screen. <laughs> it just minimised for a they second. They did a big close-up yeah. on that bloody dog. They did. Massive. Sprawled out. Cruel Horrible. People. But, you know, the thing that's interesting about that anyway is that it, it shows that, you know, in the course of life, I guess if you want to say that we, we can see ourselves in the characters, in the course of life, we do go out with people along the way we have to taste the bad apples to to know what a good apple tastes like. So you do mm-hmm. yeah. experience life with people who are wrong for you. Sometimes it Definitely. can be because they're very cruel. Sometimes they be liars, manipulators, what what have you. So him Sometimes being with her dogs. seeing that was good, huh? Sometimes they kill dogs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. They're never good people. They're the really bad ones. They are. So killer stuff in it. She deserved to die. Let's bring up the funniest part of the film. Oh right? yes. What was the funniest part of the film, Adam? What, when he kicks a little girl? Yes. <laughs> the clip everyone heard as we came into this, right? Yes. The funniest clip was the one you heard just before we started our review, and it's when Colin Farrell kicks the little girl in the shin. And what <laughs> does he say, Ben? He said, because the man, Ben Wishaw says, go and give the man a cuddle. He's an old friend of daddy's. And he said, the last thing that I want is a kiss from a silly little girl. <laughs> he kicks her in the shin. <laughs> And he goes, now you've got a limp like your dad. Yeah. you got something in common. <laughs> God. I like that. Very good. I here is, what, here is one of the few things that I enjoyed about the film. Um, is that they said, if you have any problems, you can't resolve yourself in your relationship. You'll be assigned children. You have a kid. That usually oh, helps yeah. a lot. And then all of a sudden, they've got this kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because the lies aren't enough. And it's true. People go through a relationship and think that children can solve things. They think it's, they're going to bring this happy energy into the family. And mostly it draws people apart because children's hard work. Yes. it's not it, You can't get away from your own feelings about each other just because you have a child. It's uh, Exactly. And people have kids thinking it will fix the relationship. Mm. Here, so this is where I have my biggest, my main note, my main thing that I wanted to bring up from this film. So I'm in a relationship, a long-term relationship. Well, I'm married, and and I am in no can in no way identify with what it must be like for people who are single, have been single for a long time, or are looking for love or whatever. Anyway, it's not about that. My point is, I am not the people that this film is portraying. People who haven't found someone and need to find someone within 45 days. However, 
Mm. If this film had been about people not having kids or not wanting kids and having 45 days to have those kids will be turned into animals, how would I feel about the characters in the film? Now, bear with me while I'm saying this. My point is, all the characters in this film act borderline autistic, robotic, emotionless, whatever you want to say, yeah? It is portraying people who can't find a mate as awkward outsiders, robotic, not right, yeah? Yeah. So if the shoe was on the other foot and they were acting that way and and the story was about people not having kids, I would take the film as an insult to me because it would make it would make me feel like the filmmaker is taking the piss out of me making me feel like oh well i'm an aberration i'm abnormal i'm different or an outsider because i'm not doing that which society says you should do so in many ways i think this film is actually it is being very critical of people who aren't in relationships even though the film it itself is and the constraints is, I think the filmmaker's intention is that people who aren't able to find relationships or find love or companionship are outside of the norm. And that's certainly how I would take it if, if the plot had adjusted to my personal circumstances. Mm. I didn't take... I mean, I'm not in a relationship and I didn't take it like that at all. You're also a young I, man, though. Yeah, but I feel like it's a look on society if society was doing it this way i feel that to an extent yeah but you know people aren't like that in real life so you can take that away from the fact that that's why they're not in a relationship it's also a, like quite a a generic thing where most people whether they want and need to be in a relationship most people eventually get into a relationship so they can find something in the film but say say that someone was asexual not saying that asexual people don't get in relationships, they're just not interested in the sex side of things. But they could potentially take offence from this film. Mm. Yeah, but it's because that- it's it's them saying that that someone who doesn't who's not in a relationship or doesn't want to be in a relationship is an animal. They're not human. No, but like, their, their sex is never part of the relationship. The whole thing, like the first time. He fell in it love. It is because the, you're not allowed to have sex or even masturbate before you get in a relationship. Yeah, but they're not saying that's the what makes you be in a relationship. You can have sex. Apparently, they are saying that. Well, they're not. They never said, "Oh, now you're in a relationship, you have to have sex." You can still no, be. No, they're a saying you can. Now you're in a relationship. You can. Now that's you're that's, that's religion. That's basically a religious way of looking at it. But they're not saying that's what defines a relationship. Mm. Like even the first time he was with the woman who had no heart. They didn't feel anything. They didn't have. They just, she just rubbed herself on it in that weird way, like the, the maid did. So I, I mean, that whole thing just made me feel very uncomfortable. That rubbing that stuff like that. But why did that happen? Uh, what? Why the maids do it because they want the people to find a mate, yeah. And they think if they make mm-hmm. them horny, they're gonna want to get with a woman even quicker, yeah. Is that why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. why did the woman, when he's partnered up with her, do that? Because I'm to guessing make sure that he didn't get any enjoyment out of it. Is that what she was I doing? Like it was, oh, I feel like it that was. Makes like, sense. That's yeah. why she said, "Look at me." That's why I want you to look at me when you do it. Or you didn't make a noise, did you? She's trying to make sure he's getting no enjoyment out of it at all. Why? 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 Because she's cruel. Because she couldn't feel anything. Like she had, she wasn't showing any emotion to anything because she couldn't. Well, she couldn't theoretically in the film show any emotion. So she wants to make sure she's with somebody. That's why she killed his dog to make sure that. He would be like, "Okay, you killed my dog. Let's move on with the day." Mm. She did it to prove yeah, that makes sense. to him that 
she he had no emotions and he wouldn't be upset that his dog's dead yeah and then you also get the scene of him leaning in for a kiss and then he realizes he shouldn't yeah yeah <laughs> is have you ever read any uh, um kafka no what's that there's a franz kafka is he writes these stories about people normally nameless people um that are like thrown into a situation with like these n- nameless faceless organizations who keep sending them on like pillar to from pillar to post to do things and it feels like people are getting nowhere and that nothing is making sense and I'd, i've read this book called the castle ages ago and it reminded me of this film a lot hmm. okay what was it so what was the general idea of the film i mean the book sorry it's a, a guy goes a guy gets assigned to do like um ordinance map ordinance of these castle grounds he's assigned to this place for like three months and he needs an appointment with someone in the castle and he keeps turning up to the castle and he's been told no you need to come back tomorrow he's busy today and this goes on and on and then he finally gets in and then he's told oh no you need to go into this room and the confusion and the sort of like sense of alienation that he feels in this in in the story is what it felt like colin farrell was going through in this and like Mm. in that kafka book the main character is pretty emotionless he's like this weird shit is happening to him all around but he just takes it in stride there's no right real acceptance of the fact that the whole fucking situation is weird mm-hmm. that's and that's the trouble like because the film has a good concept a good idea it loses that by being too too cold and distant about everything I would rather have had the characters really grappling with this idea and like rallying against the injustice that we only have 45 days rather than, yeah, well, we've got 45 days and then we're going to be turned into an animal. I'd yeah, that's, seen- that's, that, I agree with that completely because with, with something like, so the difference between this and like Killing the Sacred Deer, it had, Killing the Sacred Deer had this like ominous presence of this, this strange guy who's following the family and like almost like ruining their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I actually felt like there's danger. Where in in this, I was like, they just they don't they seem to like they don't really mind whatever happens. Yeah. There was that resistance trying to stand up against it, wasn't there? They didn't really stand up against anything. They were trying to prove to the people at the top that uh, you're you're exactly the same boats as us, like Yeah, only the people out in the wilderness though. Mm. Yeah, that's what I meant. Leather guys uh, in the second half of the film, maybe the resistance or what you're going to call it. But I don't I think they it. even leaned into that that much. They they did this whole elaborate setup, broke into the room, and then made it made him pretend to shoot her, and then they just cut away, and then that was it. That's there what I'm saying. No, they like, could have leaned on that that storyline or that those those thoughts a bit more and gone down. Yeah. That. After those two yeah. had the lovely singing on the stage, it turns out that oh, it was yes. all a facade. Yes. He was really into his singing. He was a proper lounge room singer. He was wonderful. I was very entertained by his singing. He was. He had a very f- great and This voice. is also where that really cringe moment is, which I'd forgotten, is that Colin Farrell gets up and the first person he approaches to mate up with is this young fucking girl who's like 18. I know. I was like, oh, I know. mate, cringe. Come and the on, fa- man. the fact of the matter is, this film, I don't know when this film came out, but it was, uh, well, I can't remember the year. It's like 2015, but, I think. Yeah, 2015. And now in the past couple of years this girl plays a young girl in end of the fucking end, world end of the fucking world yeah. yeah yeah and it's like how young is she i know i had to check because <laughs> i thought she was 29 in real life yeah she was 23 at yeah, that yeah, point she just looks very young yeah wow i loved that her friend fucking slapped her up when she was like you're still my best friend and i'll write to you and she just gets fucking bitch slapped like fuck yeah. you man you sold out you fucking <laughs> sold out yeah 
Leave me with Stand By Me. You fuck off with that silly bleeding nose prick. Do you like Ben Whishaw or anything? <laughs> you know, I was. I don't think I like him. <laughs> yeah, I don't get much from him. I like him. He's okay in in like the Bond films. No, even in the Bond films, he's too intentionally geeky. Yeah, exactly. But he, he's not a replacement for the actual Q from the old films. I would rather Richard Awadi played every Ben Whishaw role, and that would work much better. Oh, for I me. like that. That's a good, I, I mean, like Richard Awadi could play nearly every role, and it'd be Richard Awadi. If Richard Awadi was Paddington, I'd give that film ten. That would be an interesting Paddington. I'd like that. What, like in um, when he is in Soul? Yeah, exactly. More entertaining than that. Give me a marmalade sandwich. Richard Awadi could have played the Ben Whishaw role in this. <laughs> why don't you re? Why don't you get bored? And next time you get bored, you could get the whole of Paddington and delete all the vocals and replace it with loads of Richard R. Wiley oh, stuff. Don't tempt me, baby. Long, lockdown's been going on and for a long you, while. And you could recreate all the lines with Ben up Richard R. Wiley saying the lines. Because, like, if you watch, like, 48-hour Travel Man, I'm pretty sure you could find nearly every word in that. You'd find a marmalade sandwich in there. It's very possible. <laughs> I'll just give up my day job. You could just message him saying, can you just give me a voice note of you saying marmalade sandwich and I'm recasting you as Paddington? Yeah, I'll, I'll voice him. To be fair, though, if you start messing yeah, with Paul, can do you it. probably will get disowned on film Twitter because they seem to love that film. They do, yeah, I know. So you know, like all of that, all, everything that I was saying aside, like if the story had just contained itself and continued in that hotel, it would have been interesting enough to endure. But because, like, even though I have a few problems with it, it was still kind of entertaining all the weirdness of what was going on. But then yeah. when they go, when it shifts tone. And he ends up out in the wilderness. It's like, now we're going real slow and real boring. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it did drag that bit. That because then it, it went from everything, all the ideas that it had set up, and it shifted and it became of, okay, now despite everything they've gone through, we're going to show you how it is possible now to find love outside of these systems, which I can get behind the message of that. Like, outside of enforced systems, you can find the true you. More true love or true love yeah without it being forced of course but they did it in such a boring way a whole hour with it all and Rachel Weisz I like her but she was not entertaining she was not um, gripping at all it's because she's got that monotonous voice as well yeah her narration was killing me man yeah she's not even putting their personality into the narration no so how you want to approach this we can't just say we all thought it was shit (laughs) I thought it was decent. There was enough good points in it to take away. I enjoyed the the first half of the film to enjoy the film. I don't know if it's a film I'll go back and watch, but yeah. How do you feel about um, the fact that they're not allowed to to kiss, so they have to they slash their well they call it the red kiss, and the and the red intercourse <laughs> that to do. What was that? What that's if they if they kiss, that's why they slash their their mouths. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. kissed at the bit where the, what do you call it? When the, her parents were singing. I know, yeah, but they were meant to be fa- putting on yeah, a facade. Yeah, it was facade. a facade, yes. Yes. Oh. That's, why, that's why they were getting so ballsy with the kissing in front of the parents, oh, okay. because she had to pretend that she was a normal, well-adjusted person. Oh, yes, that makes sense. And that's when she stood up and said, there's too much, you're putting too much into it, and that's when she realises that they actually did like each other. So basically, the way I viewed that was the opposite. So in life, there's people in couples, 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 and they're like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. You should be in a couple too. You should be in a couple too. So that's like the hotel side of things. And then 
the wilderness side of things the like the french leader i don't know what her name was of that like she's in the wilderness well, she, she was called she was called um lo- lonely leader or something in the credits whatever she was called she's like the jealous singleton who is like well if i'm alone you've all got to be too mm. i don't want you in a relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was two extremes the hotel extreme was entertaining to watch the wilderness extreme wasn't the bottom line is fucking just do what you want to do be who you want to be and and you'll find the right person for you mm-hmm. exactly don't compromise and don't stab out your eye yeah which was which no. was good I, I i do think they were trying to go for that finding a relationship in the middle of these two alternate ideals yeah but then by the end it was more like they're reverting back to what they think they should be like well they have to have a similarity so it almost doesn't pay that message off that's what i mean like you know adam is saying maybe he doesn't do it and and like at some point shouldn't they have had a conversation towards the end whether it was her or him and just said you don't have to do this we can be together despite it if that had happened it would have i wouldn't have rated the movie any higher but i would have liked it a bit more because mm. it'd mm. be like wow finally humanity growth yeah yeah there was there wasn't any growth no i yeah. think i think this says something that we we're more interested in talking about the hotel stuff than the stuff in the forest well just be just because the the you know once we get to the forest essentially we're looking at a kind of quite a conventional story of like two, yeah, it's pretty two people who want to be together but against the elements yeah yeah which but is it's why still... it's a little bit more generic than what the situation was in the hotel and i think yeah. why it doesn't jump out something original yeah and it's also like there's a fantasy element to the first half where it's like you get turned into an animal how we don't know i don't we don't need to know we just accept it wow cool okay you get turned into an animal Mm. and then the flip side is in the resistance if you're in a couple well we're just going to slash you up and shit yeah it's like well i don't really get the stakes like just leave the resistance that's what i didn't understand just leave the fucking woods yeah you clearly you clearly want to be in a relationship so why are you there (laughs) yeah but you ratio and everyone will go oh great go back to that shopping center and actually be a fucking husband and wife if that's what you want yeah and one thing i did like about the forest is that the fact you see these really tropical animals just in the background like you saw a camel you saw like a flamingo you saw like a um, yeah a peacock they're just walking yeah. in the background. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. I, there were, and there was stuff to enjoy. Like I like when they first turn up to that person's parents' house and he's like enjoying his lies about, oh, I love my wife, our four kids. Mm-hmm. Wish we had more time, more time for them, more than work, you know, all of that shit. And I enjoyed the parents as well, who obviously their, their connection was they both play guitar. <laughs> oh yeah i didn't even think about that yeah of course <laughs> what a stupid fucking world it is <laughs> we laugh about it but i'm sure if you objectively looked at all of our lives it'd also be like oh look at the fact that you two bond just over that i'm just trying to think if there's something yeah. big that me and zoe disney over not even that because zoe made me love disney i grew to like what she liked yeah well it's just there's initial things that you have in common like whether it liking films or liking music or or whatever, but then you 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 know you find the your the roots ones, grow yeah. from there, and mm-hmm. then you your roots become intertwined. Mm. Yes, indeed. 
Do you understand why he picks the lobster? Like he says a bunch of reasons, but I still don't see those as good reasons. They live forever, don't they? Why? Do, no, they live for over a hundred years. But like, why years, would yeah. you want to? Well, I just see it as a very matter-of-fact answer, just like he is. Mm. He wants it's it's very like mm. an educational idea of what he wants to be, rather than he wants to enjoy himself. It's like yeah, I, I want to yeah. find a relationship still, even though I don't want to get turned into an animal. <laughs> True. I would be a monkey. Why? I, I guess I would be a dolphin then. Adam would be a dog. Yeah, I would, he would I would be a dog. Dolphin, dog. D- dogs always go into it, and then she did say it. But I'd, if I had to pick it up, I want to pick a dolphin. Oh, of course you would. Dolphin, <laughs> I just said it. swimming and swooping, Listen, going yeah, through exactly. the water. They're very smart. And they're the only other animals that have sex for pleasure. That is, that why, is exactly, true. That is exactly why you wanted to be a dolphin, Adam. <laughs> That's true. Paul, Paul, on the other hand, just prefers to masturbate and throw his shit around, so of course he picked a monkey. <laughs> yeah. You can do that? flips and shit. Anyway, like, my, my personal conclusion of the whole film is that there's groups in life whatever situation uh, you may find yourself in there'll be groups on both sides that see the other as bad mm-hmm. whether it's relationships or whatever i had a question for you too i know we're, we're running long but i had a question for you too mm-hmm. uh, that i wrote down while watching the film and uh, i'm actually trying to find it now oh yeah um have you hang on uh, how did i actually write it well, it, do- it doesn't matter anyway. Basically, it, it's to go, to go back to a previous point we were making. Have you in the past, obviously not currently, but have you in the past pretended or compromised on your personality in order to uh, be with someone? I I tried to listen to loads of bands to to look more appealing to a girl. The bands that she liked. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 not compromising your personality as shut. Such that's just you trying to find interesting. It's me trying to find. In, to it's me new. trying to find a connection with her. It was exactly what yeah, this film is. And you're like, and you listen to what they say, and you're like, oh, maybe let's try these bands out and see if I like anything. But like, did if you, you fake don't like it? them? Did you listen to if them? You don't like not them. Like you them, say, and then well, they're going to say that I don't listen to any of these, those bands now. Who, yeah, but did bands? you tell her you liked them and pretended to really like them at the time? I had them on my iPod. <laughs> That's the part <laughs> Yeah, but to download the music and listen to it is one thing. Yeah, so. I, I, I remember some of the songs. So yeah, but the band, what are the bands? Really what are the bands? What bands okay, were they? The bands were, that I remember, Brand New. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Paramore. Okay, heard Paramore, of them, right? No, they're not. Uh, uh, that's all I can remember. Oh, Paramore are good. Paramore are fine. You dodged the bullet. I wouldn't listen to them. <laughs> you dodged the bullet. Yeah. Now I listen to Disney songs. <laughs> yeah, well done. What have you, Adam? What about you? Um, You might tone stuff down. I, I don't think I've ever... It depends what you say, compromise. But, like, you start to tone stuff down and then you realise once you get to stages you can turn stuff back up again like, in your personality, don't you? So that's that's interesting. So that's interesting. That's a di- you always different... You temper like a side of yourself. myself towards the end, but then there's some stuff you might withhold for a bit if you're thinking, OK, let's not go that way yet. Like, let's just keep it... You almost keep a more neutral view and then you start to turn yourself up a bit yeah, I feel like everyone does that, though, don't they? Yeah, I mean that's of course. Some people who come at you with their full personality straight away, you're like, 
That is these, too much. These are the worst opinion. people. Mm. That's Back why off, I hate they, extroverts because they let it all yeah, out. But then after a while, though, you can say, "Oh, I didn't like that person," but they just and then eventually, over time, you get used to their personality. But if they came at you and dialed up their personality with you as you got to know them, you would like them a lot more. But they, because they come at you yes, full of course, force, yeah, yeah. You're, they're a bit off-putting but you do eventually like them over time they're not a bad person it's just like that's a bit much for now calm it down it's 7 in the morning I wish that the characters in this film had turned them, their fucking personalities up mm. that's the trouble how, how can <laughs> you didn't. how can you dial down a personality that you don't have Adam Ooh. <laughs> what an attack Ooh. that's terrible boy I'm out of here I'm out of here <laughs> That is one shot, man. That shot is a to the shot heart. to the heart. Yeah. Listen, Adam. I love you. You know I didn't mean that. He's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's just pressed mute. Okay. On his well, anyway, what is your uh, thing? <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I just I thought it was an interesting question to bring up. You like to keep cars close to your chest, don't you? No, because I'm. I, I just have some questions to see what you, what your answers you boys have. Oh. I think that if I'd ever done anything, it would have probably been similar to you. And, and I think there was one particularly alternative girl, early sixth form, that I was with for like a week. And during that week, I presented myself. Well, I did something that I certainly not don't do in the rest of my life. But I did it around that time to try and show that I was quite alternative and a bit goth. But I'm not going to bring it up on the podcast. Did you dye your hair jet black and wear a nose piercing? It was along those lines. Other things that happen, all that get associated rightly or wrongly with that kind of community. I did something, mm. which I'm not proud of. But I did that because I thought, oh, it's going to make me seem really troubled. And When really, I was perfectly fine. I was quite happy. Did you bite the head off a bat? Yes. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I did it. Has Adam actually gone? No, he's there. He's just being quiet. Adam, return. No, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Come on, let's go and do the um, <laughs> backwards and forwards. Oh, is that Clockwork Orange? <laughs> the old in out. <laughs> the old backwards and forwards. <laughs> oh, shit. Tears. <laughs> I meant let's mean you do the um let's mean you have a back and forth for a bit. Adam just come back. We need to read out the things so we can finish uh, no, this. Come episode. on, Adam, we're gonna wrap up now. We're already running over time, it's quarter to six. Our second comment here is Julio from the Contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, here we go. Let's do it. Ready? Right, I think we've come to the natural end of that conversation. Thank you, Oti and Katie, for the suggestion. It was very lovely. We enjoyed chatting about it. Um, I just brought the lovely back then, Adam. Why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Huh? I brought lovely back for for one time only. One night only. You didn't, oh, you did you didn't want to applaud me. I've moved on. I've, I've, I'm not talking to you. I'm ignoring everything you say. Okay. Very Look sorry. Look at this. I very sorry hate to be in the middle of this argument between the two of them. <laughs> Ben, can you tell Paul hello? Paul hello. Adam says hello. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to our Twitter followers' reviews on Lobster. And we had a shitload. My we had God. so many. Too many. You people got too much to say about the lobster, so we're going to just fly through these. There's far too many. Go ahead. 
First of all, we got Jamie Russell, our beautiful patron. He said, really enjoyed it. The opening was quite startling and the film tries to keep you off step at regular intervals. And I appreciated that. Darkly humorous too. I laughed at stuff that I probably should not have. We never discussed the opening scene. That was clearly the I woman know. Um, shooting her partner, right? The donkey. Yeah, but hang on. Yeah. Why? So the, I'm not sure that's true. So I'm glad that Jamie brought that up because we should have spoken about that. Why would if that was maybe his wife it or was partner, somebody he wouldn't have she into loved who didn't accept her love and then ran out of time and turned into the donkey before she got to fall in love with him or something. So my I got the impression that it was a couple because there was another donkey there, right? Yeah, there two who donkeys, immediately so. walked over to the yeah. donkey that got shot, and it was almost like he'd found love as an animal. Mm. And then the Maybe. other donkey clearly was like love on the other over side. To it. Love on the other side, and the woman couldn't deal with it. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. He says he laughed at stuff he probably shouldn't have. We all laughed at it yeah, too, we Jamie. Laughed. You know, you don't know, worry. you love that little girl getting kicked in the shin. <laughs> Fucking loved it. I was rolling in the aisle. Definitely. I actually replayed it three times. I rewound it and played it three times. <laughs> you laughed like you did with the back and forth. <laughs> exactly. Oh yes. Um, next up, we have Julio from the Contrarians. He said he loved the first half. Not so crazy about the second half, but the ending is great. Um, I very, I that's a pretty much good summary of putting mm. it. Maybe for me, Contreras. I wouldn't maybe say, say the ending was that. great. Yeah, I wouldn't say great, but the ending was. It was good. <laughs> yeah, the ending is good. <laughs> it's certainly not like a cliffhanger. If anyone thinks it's like a cliffhanger, it's kind of like not really, mm. is it? It's nice when when stuff ends ambiguously, but it yeah. was just a fine ambiguous ending. <laughs> It was fine. It lingered on her at the table far too long. Mm. Um, I'm going to do the next two because the, the first one's so short. Wasted Potential Podcast says, phenomenal. And then Luke Human says, stakes are high from the off and although metaphor heavy, it never patronises us but instead revels in the ludicrous conventions to which we conform when seeking a partner. I like that as a description. Enough jet black humour to prevent it from being completely bleak. Not a great advert for relationships. Yes, indeed. I agree with all mm. that. Very much so. Next, we have Sorry You're In My Seat podcast. They said, What a good name I, for a podcast. Yeah. I it really, is a very good name. I really enjoyed it. I like obscure concepts in films, and I thought Colin Farrell performed excellently. Only criticism is it could have shaved off a few minutes of runtime. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Most of the films we watch nowadays, I think we could say that of. I know, I really, I really dislike myself for thinking it as well, and I feel like it's become like this whole like your divine generation of like some points and everything down into six seconds and beyond that you haven't got the attention span but I know uh, but like it's not even that a film does do it that like sometimes a film does just drag on too long Mm. do you reckon it's also a studio thing I think it's an indulgence by the filmmakers or it's like they have spent a certain amount of money on the film so the film needs to be an X amount of runtime. No, I'm no. I, I think the studios would want a shorter runtime more than anything because I could imagine yeah. producers saying we're going to turn audiences off if they see this is two and a half hours. We need to cut it, cut it, cut it. It needs to be tighter. Mm. My the perfect length for a film is like one forty-five. Studios like a short runtime so they can put more viewings in cinemas. True. Yeah, not true. That's why that's Suicide true. Squad did so well, didn't it? Because it was like one forty, so they could put it on like fifteen times a day. Mm. Indeed, Suicide no, Squad did well, did it? Well, I think it, a lot it of people went to see it. It didn't do well, though. <laughs> it can it burn in shit. hell. <laughs> I think people went to see it because it was shit. Come on, Adam, read what brown-haired Ben said. Your brown-haired Ben. 
Yeah, I guess I am. You're brown, slightly grey-haired, Ben, now. Oh, shit. That's correct. It's not grey, it's white. It's white patch. Oh, Are you going white or grey? My favourite thing about circle. the lobster... Okay, I'll carry on. A little white 50 pence. Are you finished interrupting me while I'm talking? Sorry. One of us is talking, we can't both be talking. Um, Brown-haired Ben says, My favourite thing about the lobster is how it uses the theme of failure as a comic device. Failure to find romance is represented as a failure to take part in society. Therefore, you must be punished. You are no longer worthy of being human. You must become an animal. It's great. There's a lot of um, love for the film so far. Mm. It's a very good breakdown of it, though. It is. Mm. Yeah. And that is that is true. That's the whole th- device. Failure to find romance is represented as a failure to take part in society, therefore you need to be punished. Yeah. It's like conform or fucking die. It's assimilate mm. yeah. or die, that age-old uh, tale that gets weaved through so many stories is conform or fucking die. Mm. Yeah. And although many of us think we're anti-conformists, we are all part of it. We're all conforming to the societal norms. Exactly. In capitalism. Yes. I got married is a societal norm. Mm. The meaning exactly. of life, reproduce and die. There you go. The Pretendium Compendium says wildly original and definitely worth a watch, but the effectless performance style Yorgos has his actors use is such a mixed bag for me. I loved it in The Favourite, hated it in Sacred Deer, and was pretty neutral on it here. Amen. I will agree with you. You got it. Mm. That's the same yeah, effectless views performance, as you, isn't it? Yeah, no gooder. No gooder. Steve Price says it's so bizarre, but at the same time completely engrossing. There are screenwriters that have to find just the right actors for their rhythm and words. Yorga struck gold with Colin Farrell, I agree very much, and Rachel Weisz. Kind of agree, she's better, in, she's better in the favourite. Perfect match of script, direction and performance. We agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I agree partly. Partly, yes. Partly, but I am. I I find it very engrossing his his world that he builds, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Stephen Geiger here. He said, "I love this film. Excited to hear your thoughts." Um, we we have gave him to you. Neg- Pardon? We gave him to you. We gave the thoughts. Yeah, we gave we you the thoughts. What did you think? Are you still excited, Stephen Geiger? Come back for round two and send us some more points. Exactly. <laughs> um, tell us more, Geiger. Two negative ones here, which I think look like the only negative ones. Out of all these people, Me which is surprising because <laughs> yes, it's one of them is yeah okay I see, and they said terrible movie, straight. And up. Greg F says horrible, depressing, and boring. Um, they're not mucking around there, are they? They're not. They're not trying to stand up no. for anything. They're I just... think they're kind of sweeping statements, but who knows? Mm, yeah. I mean, maybe that some of it. Yes, I mean, I can see people really not liking this film if you don't like the style that the yeah. That's the why I'm surprised world. there's not more people not liking it. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. I could see someone calling this uh, boring. I could say that if you don't get depressing. It yes, we said that anyway. Yes. Anyway, we got our last review here, and it's Hendo from the Movie Journey podcast, friends of the podcast, and he says a very unique film with a great take on relationships and social status is told in one of the weirdest ways possible. Great performances by all involved. Everyone captured the dry wit that was trying to be achieved. While the movie is split into two halves, both complement each other very well and shows that one side of the coin is just as ridiculous and insane as the other. Worth a look. Also add this to movies that do the ambiguous ending right. Well, big fan of it there. Interesting. Mm, very big fan. But we do not agree. Well, Adam agrees. But we don't get consensus over on Film Busters. However, Katie and Oti rate it very much. So I guess overall, 
it gets a very high ranking in the film busters standings it shall does. we take a second and work out where it fits let's go have a little look yes so we took a minute away there to work out what the average is and since Katie and Oti suggested the film and the patrons they also get to contribute their scores out of 10 to the average which means this film gets a standalone overall score of 8.1 positioning it just below Holy Motors what a relief yes but criminally and I think even Katie and Oti would agree yeah. criminally it places above Black Panther Mm. Wow! It's interesting to see that that their their ratings have such a big swing because none of us rated it higher than an eight, so the eight point one overall. Mm. Yes, where it's a ten and an eight point five, so that ten brought it way up. They are our dear patrons, and they get influence over the whole scoreboard. So there you go. Speaking of dear patrons, let's hear what our dear patrons, the other ones, have been watching recently yes. and we'll throw a recommendation or two to the listeners i'll go first straight away julio says guys i've had a bad movie watching run the past few days caught the little things before it left hbo max and couldn't buy rami malik as a sharp homicide detective i can't buy rami malik in anything he's highly annoying then well you saw my reaction to malcolm and marie yes he didn't care for it and for those of you who want to hear what we thought of malcolm and marie you should subscribe <laughs> to our patron because we just talked about it for half an hour we did uh and he julio says and i just finished 90s classic tombstone for the first time and it was so silly and superficial i feel like an absolute party pooper for not liking that one in particular we also talked about that on the patreon yeah he's basically destroying our whole patreon episode he is (laughs) but also hey i finally got to one night in miami and it was great so there's that one night in miami soothes all and fixes all he saved himself that i'd rather you like one night in miami over malcolm and murray yes yeah i agree with that um, next up we have here Jamie Russell my last four films have been pretty damn great I think anyway he says um, he watched Mulholland Drive The Lobster Rush and Ravenous uh, all great films for different reasons but I'm going to have to give have to give Mulholland Drive as my favourite pick out of them all I used to think that Blue Velvet was my favourite Lynch film but I think that has now been suppressed really enjoyed your podcast on it as well as a follow up I agree that Mulholland Drive is my favourite Lynch film now I feel like I did think Blue I mean, it's was only too. Lynch film I've well I've seen Wild Wild at Heart is Lynch isn't it? Yeah, but it's not. You Lynch, haven't seen though, Blue Velvet. It? I haven't. I have seen Blue Velvet. Yeah, sorry, I've just completely yeah. forgot it. Mm, Mulholland is strong. I feel like Mulholland is the very good blend of letting him do his Lynch stuff on it though. Yeah, I mean, like I've got a whole new appreciation for it when we did it for our podcast. Yeah. It I like that you can break to be it discussed down. and analyzed. Yeah. You can't you can't just like you do with some films, throw it on for two hours and then just go, Yeah, watch that and then on to the next one. Well I mean this I had is... to watch it twice, like back to back, just to really understand what was going mm, yeah. on. Yeah. Mm. And many more. Many more. But yes, we we've obviously just talked about the lobster and we talk about Ravenous in our in our Patreon episode. Patreon, yeah, this is one great big plug for our Patreon it episode. Is. All <laughs> of the films that our patrons are talking also, about we just watched. Rush is a great <laughs> film as well, in my opinion. I very enjoy Rush. Yes, featured in the top ten list of last so year. It's so weird to think Chris Hemsworth is in it as playing James Hunt. Like, mm. yeah, he does it. Like, it's so weird to see him because you just think of him as four now, don't you? Like, a proper like yeah. deep acting role, and it's like what I remember him before before he became four. Four. Very four. true. Four four. Have you heard what Mark Commode says that if um, as if they did a Thor four in three D people would have to go to the cinema and say two for Thor 4 3D please 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not very good at doing my THs as it is, so... Very good. I know. <laughs> oh. And who we got last? Lastly, we have Katie and OT from For Your Reference, and they said, White Tiger will be filed under Not Perfect, but evokes meaty discussion on social class and other human issues. Balram is multifaceted, and while his treatment towards others in similar positions to him are frustrating, his arc towards upper class is wholly satisfying. Bitey and a lot of raw. Because it's a tiger. See, that's. I feel like that's what I felt about White Tiger. I feel like the discussion behind it was better than the film itself. Like, the film itself was okay, and again, quite forgettable for me. But I feel like there is a good subject there to be discussed. I I enjoyed it. I got I it's a, it's like a low eight for me, a low eight. Okay, yeah. Because I saw this this morning, Katie saying that, mm. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to pop it on. So I watched it today as well. Oh, did you? Oh yes. shit! And I actually um, really enjoyed it, but that, I scrolled back in the chat to see when you two were talking about how you felt about it, mm. and. The only di- thing is that's different, Paul, is you said the last, like, third or last 30 minutes lifted it to an eight for you. And actually, it did the opposite for me. I had it at an eight. Oh, really? Then because of how it ended, I dropped it because I thought, oh, that kind of felt like, well, obviously, it was going that way. Mm. I'd have preferred to have seen something else. I liked his his experience as a driver and seeing him having to slightly compromise on his own personal ethics. Um and seeing him in that put-upon position, I didn't really care to see him beyond that. Like, once the bag, the red bag appears, I was sort of like, yeah, I know mm. where this is going. I don't really want to see it. But I did like his performance. He was great. Mm. So what is it? Ending on a seven for you then, yeah? Yeah, seven. It was good, though. Don't you, don't you feel like it? They, they could have done with a Bollywood dance at the end? I w- so I think that was an intentional, maybe put the Same. spoiler alerts thing here, but that yeah. was intentional, right? Yeah. Because it felt like it was about to happen and then it just yeah. walked away. Yeah. But then I kind of felt like cheated. <laughs> no, if they had done that, that would have felt too silly. And I also like the, there's a one line in the film where he says something like, there's no there's no uh, millionaires win- winning the lottery from the slums here. Oh, yes. Yes. It's like, yeah, take the pot shot. at. And again, there we go. Well, I don't know. I don't, actually, see, here, this again links to our patron discussion. All you people who aren't patrons are missing out on the juicy connections here. We were talking, or will talk, about the people behind the camera and the stories that they're telling on camera. I don't know if White Tiger was made by an Indian cast and crew. Do you know? I mean, it's an American film, isn't it, I think? Is it? Is it? Is they it spoke though? a lot of English in it. Because if you've got Danny Boyle telling the story of the slum dog, you know, it's very different to an authentic Indian voice telling the story. Well, for, for starters, it's got an alternate title, which is Tigra something, and it's directed by Ramin Barani. He's an American director and screenwriter. Is he actually? He's born in North Carolina. Oh, there you go. So if you want to... Uh, influence what our listeners listen to become a patron and then you can tell everyone what to to listen to oh, right lovely yeah do yeah. you know, where you, do you know you can even tell us what to listen to and watch and yes. you can we'll even talk about it if you're lucky we can do you know where you ought to go adam you go to patron and cross the streams and you yeah. should never cross the streams you should never cross the streams apart from if you're on patreon www.patreon.com forward slash film then you can cross the streams on our you patreon can. channel before we fuck off, um, and and obviously for those who are patrons, make sure you go and check out the end of month special 
which is now live before we fuck off i'm going to drop the most anticipated oh. announcement since Ever. doing this podcast is this the is this Ever. the one that the one that um you've been hiding for us for a while i yes okay i watched this film at the beginning of january but i already had decided what i was going to pick for our episode round so i've had to wait almost two months wow to announce this film so I didn't put it on my letterbox or anything, so you guys don't know oh, my rating. Oh, this is the, the film. The film. You don't know my rating. You don't know. You don't even know what the film is. You don't know nothing I'm excited. about it. I could fucking really hate this film. I could really adore this film. But one thing is for sure, there is going to be shit to discuss. Exciting. This is my first pick from the 80s. Oh. It is my first pick from japan oh oh it's directed by someone called shinya sukamoto oh it's considered something of a cult classic and it's called tetsuo the iron man oh i've heard of this i've heard of this all i'll tell you is it's about a man who likes to stick metal into his flesh and literally turn himself into a metal man. <laughs> Adam's going to love it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Dan watched this film the other day. Uh, oh, Dan has watched, watched it. Whether he watched it the other Very day or not, similar. I don't know, but he has watched it. Oh, uh, He might have watched it. Yeah, he did watch it the other day. It's about a film. Yeah. yeah. It's about he a film, I remember yeah. him mentioning it to me. And where can we watch this, Ben? You boys, if you have already, I'm sorry. You, I don't know how otherwise you can do it. You can do the free week trial on BFI Player. Oh, I haven't done that. Okay. Because it's on there. Or you... Yes, well, that's the only place you can do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not on Amazon Prime. The BFI Player is through Amazon Prime. So either way, you just yeah. rent it for $3.49 cool. if you can't do that. But you'll be very pleased to know, Adam, and maybe you, Paul, but considering what we've discussed, the runtime of the film is 67 minutes. Wow! Ooh. So our episode will probably end up being longer than the film, but that's okay. So we will report back here for duty next week to talk about Tetsuo the Iron Man. I'm excited. Yeah. I look forward to hearing what you think. But until then, go. Until then. Listen to the Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon, or we'll see you next week. Or all of those things. Or really. all of those things! All of those things. Oh, can I just say something, sorry? Before we go, that the music in The Lobster sounded a lot like the Wii music. But like in a different chord and a different pitch. It was the same chord pattern and the same notes. Those strings were super annoying. I actually made a note that her narration and those strings were trying too hard to make it all, all seem really uh, serious and severe. I hated it. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Goodbye. Peace out. A-Town. Take it away, Paul. Ah, well. It's Buster.